Today, I want to talk about conversational fluency. We often hear people say that a language needn't be difficult to learn. We can achieve conversational fluency with a relatively small vocabulary. There's people promising, you know, four hours or three months or various short periods of time to achieve some level in a language. And it's often suggested that it's just this conversational fluency. I don't need to read books. I just want to be conversationally fluent. Is that meaningful? Before getting into my video, I have an announcement. You may know that I passed a million subscribers here at YouTube and YouTube have told me they're sending me a gold plaque for me to keep as a souvenir of reaching that important milestone. When I get that plaque, I'm going to do a special question and answer session here with my subscribers, with you people. So I would ask you if you have any specific questions related to anything really, uh, language learning, specific languages, how I managed to get to a million subscribers, whatever it might be, I will select from all the questions that you can submit and submit them right here in the comments section as soon as I get the gold plaque from YouTube and I will unwrap it in front of you and answer your questions. So please submit your questions. And now for today's video. Point number one, a conversation implies meaning and utterances going in two directions. It implies that people understand what is being said and that they respond to it. If we say conversationally fluent, to my mind, it means I can talk about a wide variety of subjects, even with mistakes, but I will understand what the person is saying on a wide variety of subjects. If you have two people with a very small vocabulary, they can have a, a conversation. You good? Yeah, me good. Who he? He friend. Who she? She sister. She good? Yeah, she good. It's a conversation, but it's not fluent. If you want to have a conversation with either a native speaker or someone who is fluent, genuinely fluent, has 40,000, 50,000 words in the language, that you are learning, you have no idea what they're going to say. You have no idea which words they're going to use, which structures they're going to use. So you may say something and not be able to respond to whatever comes back at you. So conversational fluency in my mind implies that both sides in the conversation have a, a significant familiarity with the language, a significant range of vocabulary and can converse, albeit with mistakes, on a wide variety of subjects. So that's conversational fluency. Let's look at some of the people who provide advice on the internet about how to achieve conversational fluency, which they typically don't define very specifically. So Tim Ferriss, for example, talks about his 12 sentences to deconstruct any language. So this is sort of point number two. It's this issue of the structure of a language. I translate these 12 sentences into every new language I study. They help me to understand verb tense, word order, sentence structure, and much more. The apple is red. It is John's apple. I give John the apple. We give him the apple. He gives it to me. She gives it to him. Is the apple the apples are red? I want to give it to him. I, I can't eat the apple. I keep it very compressed on one page, so whenever I get overwhelmed, I can refer back to that. Is it enough to give you an idea of what's in the language? In my opinion, no. You're not going to understand what's said because you won't understand the words. Even insofar as using those structures, I've found that it takes so long to get used to new structures in a language. And even the idea that these 12 sentences are equally representative of many different languages. Languages like in Japanese where you have yatte morao, yatte ageru, 
it's a rather unique to Japanese structure. There are many such unique structures in Japanese Korean, not to mention say irregular verbs, irregular plurals in Arabic. I could go on and on. I don't believe that 12 sentences will give you the full range of structures, but even if it did, it won't enable you to get used to them. I've noticed that in my conversation reports that I get from my tutors at Link, which I import into Link as lessons, and then I save the words and phrases, and I can look back over six months of conversation reports, and I make the same mistake week after week after week. Let's not underestimate how difficult it is for our brains to get used to new structures. Even if we understand the rules, even if we know what we're supposed to be saying, somehow the brain keeps on reverting back to uh, perhaps a pattern that's similar to our native language. It takes a long time. So the idea that you can somehow deconstruct a language and therefore you are now closer to speaking that language, I don't believe. So point number three, now we move on to vocabulary. So we need vocabulary in order to understand what's said. And eventually we need vocabulary in order to produce the language. And so how do we go about acquiring the vocabulary? And I don't believe that a very limited amount of vocabulary is enough. The high frequency uh, words, we're going to learn them fairly quickly because they're high frequency. But uh, my experience is we need tens of thousands of words in order to be you know, genuinely conversationally fluent. I don't want to pick on Tim Ferriss, who is a wonderful coach and inspires a lot of people, but he, in one of his videos, talks about mnemonics. Really all this entails is creating a link between the words that is image-based. So, if we have a word like vaca, 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 what does that sound like? Vacuum, maybe. Let's imagine that there is a cow and it has a really oddly shaped head that looks like the end of a vacuum and it's sucking up the grass on the ground. All right? So it's cow with a head like a vacuum sucking up grass. Cow, vacuum, vaca. I just think that you have to invest so much time into each word, building an association, a visual association, when we consider the number of words that we have to learn in the language. I just have never found it worthwhile to invest so much time into mnemonics. Another favorite tool for people who want to acquire vocabulary in a hurry, of course, is spaced repetition systems. Uh, the most famous, perhaps, is Anki, or there's Memorize. And here again, as I've said before, I think it's so important in language learning that we do things that we enjoy doing because very often we don't know which learning technique is the most effective. However, if we enjoy what we're doing, we'll continue doing it. And that's the most important thing that we keep active in the language. However, there is research that shows that in spaced repetition, it's the repetition that's important. An absolute, even regular repetition is just as effective as the sort of random or algorithm-based repetition. And if we do a lot of reading, we will, in fact, encounter words over and over again, so there is some degree of repetition there. It's also true, research shows, and this is, goes back uh, 10, 15 years, that repetition is one factor that influences our ability to retain words, but diversity of context is another. And in time, it's that diversity of context which becomes more powerful than just how frequently we encounter the word. So this again argues in favor of getting that repetition, getting that repetitive exposure to vocabulary through natural and meaningful context so that we are also gradually becoming familiar with the language, 
seeing structures and words in different contexts, becoming more and more comfortable with the language. So those efforts at short-circuiting, you know, the acquisition of the words, I don't think those are that helpful. Unless, of course, people enjoy doing them, which is fine. I must admit that I prefer listening and reading, so I prefer that as my sort of path towards acquiring the words that I need. But when we get then to output, and this is point number five, we just have to go for it. We can be conversational without being fluent in our conversation. We have to accept that if we're going to get better at speaking, we have to make mistakes. And so we have to be willing to use what we have in a conversation, struggling to understand. Hopefully we've put enough effort into our input that we have passive vocabulary so that we can understand what is said. And then we can struggle to say what we want, what we want to say, say it with mistakes, go for it, relax, enjoy it, take every opportunity to speak. And I think if we do that, and if we avail ourselves of opportunities to use the language in a meaningful way, and here again, I've said before, I'm not a great fan of role-playing or artificial situations, which again is trying to force this conversational fluency. I think it's better to find real situations with real people. We have to try to understand what people are saying to us. It's difficult at first, even if we have the words, even if our, our comprehension theoretically is there. We are tense. It's a new situation we haven't experienced before. We struggle even to understand, but we have to continue to expose ourselves to these kinds of situations and gradually our conversational fluency will improve. So that's my take. Conversational fluency is not easy. It's not a matter of three months. It's part of the whole process of language learning, which takes a long time. And I've talked a bit about some of these aspects before, and I invite you to look at some of my earlier videos. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.